Thanks for choosing a 3CR podcast. Throughout June 2021, we're running our annual Radiothon when we ask you, the listener, to make a donation so that we can continue to make great radio. Your donation will help keep us community-owned and community-controlled. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash donate. And with that done, please enjoy your podcast. Welcome to the DOGS program, the Australian Council for Defence Government Schools. We're here every week to defend and to promote public education. And we've got a very full and interesting program for you this afternoon. Uh, we have our press release, 918, which is, believe it or not, in part based upon an article in The Australian. The Australian are concerned that there are some really, really wealthy schools that are charging fees and upping their fees to more than what one would pay with a mortgage on a $2 million home. Very interesting indeed. But uh, we've got our own take on why the private school fees are going up. Uh, As well as that, we've got a very lovely good news story about a little school out to the east of of Melbourne at a place called Kangaroo Ground. And they have been doing some quite amazing things. Then we have, of course, uh, the teacher's point of view from Angelo Gabrielatis because they went on strike, as we know, last week, and all, all, all power to the teachers in the country at the moment. And we also have... Uh, material about the effect that the pandemic is having on our children. Interestingly enough, in The Age this week and um, in other newspapers too, we discover that our children haven't really fallen that behind, that much behind in NAPLAN tests. In other words, our school teachers have been doing a quite, quite, quite remarkable job for our children in the crisis that we have been through. Uh, but um, we have, as always, Jeff, who is our resident American expert to talk <laughs> about American developments. And then, of course, there is our great state school. So let's get on with press release 918. And Jeff is going to read this to us. Over to you, Jeff. Thanks, Jean. As always, too kind. Um, okay, this is the uh, Australian Council for the Defence of Government Schools, as you know, and this is our press release number 918 private school fees or a house mortgage. There is a well-documented shortage of teachers in Australia, particularly those qualified in STEM subjects, and there is a projected rise in enrolments from both domestic and migrating families. The staffing costs for most schools amount to 70% of its running costs, so the race is on to attract well-qualified teachers. The private sector, post-pandemic, is filling its already well-provided coffers with a rise in fees. Meanwhile, housing costs have also increased, particularly in those suburbs well provided with both private and public schools. But parents will have to choose between private school fees and paying the mortgage. In 2022, top private schools will bill families with mortgage-sized fees after they were frozen during the pandemic. After all, with homeschooling, what were families paying for in the private sector? A survey of private school fees by Natasha Bitter from The Australian December 13th has revealed that Geelong Grammar has increased fees by 2.6% to $43,660 for senior students, and that's the equivalent of an annual interest payment on a $2 million mortgage, and well above the median annual home loan repayment of $39,496 for Victorian homeowners. Geelong Grammar also received $8.3 million in JobKeeper payments in 2020. 
poor things. But it's a teacher pay rise responsible for a 3.5% pay rise for students at Trinity Grammar in Melbourne, where parents will pay $35,872 for senior students to attend next year. Public school teacher unions are negotiating wage rises and even going on strike for it. But the fruit of their labours are passed on to teachers in the competing private system. The staff at Trinity, for example, will be granted a 3.25% pay rise next year. In Sydney's St Catherine School in Sydney's eastern suburbs, they will raise fees by 2% to $37,322 next year, and Queensland's Brisbane Grammar will increase senior school fees by 2.7% to $29,000, rivaling the state's average home loan repayment of $31,899. This school pocketed $3.1 million in JobKeeper. It's little wonder, then, that independent Senator Rex Patrick is demanding that profitable private schools repay the $750 million in federal government JobKeeper payments handed to 700 private schools during the pandemic. Dogs note that all these figures are interest and both surprise, uh, and it's both surprising and useful that a newspaper like The Australian should reveal them. It's also of interest to note, however, that it's almost impossible to discover how much the Australian Catholic sector or other systemic schools received in JobKeeper or what is happening with their fees. But with a shrinking and demoralised teaching force, the public sector will need all the assistance it can to find, to educate, or all the assistance it can find to educate the majority of Australian children. Meanwhile, parents with high mortgages should be thinking seriously about where the future of their children and their family budget really lies. I mean, I, I know people who've sold a really expensive holiday house in order to pay fees for their kids to go to private schools. And you just think, well, going to private schools, theoretically, the aim is that they can earn enough money that one day they can buy a holiday home. So uh, it seems rather counterintuitive. It reminds me of when Waleed Ali mentioned a few years ago on the agony of schools about um, you may as the equivalent of driving uh, a luxury car into a brick wall every year is pretty much what you're spending on private, private <laughs> school education and for all the good it does you. It's oh, a lot of money for an old boy network. Isn't it, though? Well, rather than relying on competence. Well, it hasn't done too much for people like Mr Porter or even uh, Mr Morrison, actually. But, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And it didn't really stand for that poor lady, uh, Julie Bishop, in good stead in the end, either, did it? No, well, no. she sadly is a female in a very, very male-dominated party. Mm. Yep. Kidding herself that she can make a difference. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have a bit of a break and then Sarah has got a good news story for us. Kafias are Palestinian scarves and they're a symbol of support for justice for the Palestinian people. Buying one will support the last remaining factory in Hebron that makes kafias, and all proceeds from the sales support projects in Palestine, especially Gaza, as well as local solidarity organisations. From the traditional black and white kafia to an array of modern designs, all scarves are just $30 each. Explore the range and order online or drop by 3CR during business hours. Wear your support for the rights of Palestinians. Go to kafias.org.au. That's K-U-F-I-Y-A-S.org.au. A 3CR supporter.
Well, you're listening to the Dogs Program and we have a really lovely good news story for you from up in Melbourne uh, in a lovely little school there. It's not a big school, only just over 200 students, but what they have done is astonishing and so is what they, their teachers have done. And Sorrel is going to tell us about it. Thanks, Jean. So this school production is finally going ahead in the circle of pandemic life. After nine tries, this lion finally roars, Caroline Webb writes. There was an air of astonishment along with the usual nerves and excitement when Kangaroo Ground Primary School staged its musical production of The Lion King on Monday. Echoing the lion cub Simba's journey to being the leader of the plains, the students and teachers had shown epic resilience after the production was cancelled nine times in four months due to COVID-19 restrictions. It was the 10th time lucky for the show the virus couldn't stop. I'm very excited, but I'm in a bit of a shock, said teacher, producer and director Sarah Caruthers before the curtain rose at Karalika Centre Theatre in in Ringwood with just a few school days remaining in 2021. I can't believe it's actually happening. I thought, is it going to come together this time? All 250 Kangaroo Ground students were in the musical and their joy spurred Ms Caruthers on every time a date was scrapped. The last time on November 30, when a student was diagnosed with COVID-19. She said one boy didn't feel he belonged or was good at anything and didn't want to go to school. But since taking a role, He's like a whole different child. His mum's seen a massive amount in change of change in him, she says. Parents say that during lockdown, their kids were singing Lion King songs round the house and teaching their toddler siblings the dance moves. Bianca Fay, whose children Coco, 10, and Jet, 8, were in the musical. Coco, as the key bird character Zazu, praised by Ms Caruthers. You know those teachers that you always remember when you grow up? She's one of those. And she's been so amazing in trying to get this play going. Ms. Faye said even singing the songs brings the kids so much joy and they're just so happy. It's really beautiful seeing her engage with children. She's a very special individual. Ms. Faye, who owns a costume shop and has made costumes for the TV series So You Think You Can Dance and stage show Hairspray, put together 150 of the costumes for The Lion King, from bees to elephants and meerkats. Some children play grasslands wearing hats made of astroturf. Ms. Faye said she did it to give back to the community, but also to help get kids involved in the arts. It gives a bit of hope, a bit of excitement. You put a costume on a kid and you put the face paint on and you take them into that world and they just shine. It's so cute to see, Principal Laurie Murray said. The school went out of our way to ensure the production went on. While some students were academic or sporty, others loved to perform. It's a limited window, your time in a primary school, so we're pushing to give them that opportunity, particularly those who shine in that particular area. The community were very keen to see that it happened. They're getting tired of the cliches, it is what it is, or we won't be able to do it. So it's been something we've been made a focus for our school. Well, isn't that a lovely, a lovely story? What wonderful teachers and what a lovely school and parents and children as well, all in it together. And uh, there were some interesting comments, comments, weren't there, Dale? Yes, uh, as you would expect, very positive comments. Katie says, what a wonderful teacher, school and community. What an achievement and experience for those children. Bravo and bravo. Uh, Uh, MM says, fantastic achievement, just shows with persistence and determination to keep children engaged throughout everything that COVID has presented them with, they did it. Would have loved to have seen it. Love a good news story. David F says, that's just a wonderful good news story. Looks like the school has brought the best of its resources to this production and the photos are just magnificent. So glad that the community refused to give up and got this production over the line. A fantastic effort by everyone. That's an entire photo wall for the school. Congratulations to the kids, teachers, families and everyone involved. 
M said, what a beautiful and uplifting story. Well done to all involved. Amazing, all students were involved and the costumes are incredible. So lovely to hear how it helps students get through the lockdown. I'll show my kids for photos as they love the Lion King and will be delighted to see the children's costumes. And then Cinda says, well done to all involved. I'm sure all the kids were thrilled to finally perform. Well, isn't that an extraordinary story? Uh, but it just shows you what our public school teachers, parents and students are capable of. But we'll have a bit of break and we'll come back um, and Dale will keep us up to date with what's happening in New South Wales and the teacher strike. So it's up to us, the people. We need a treaty in this country. We need the end to the war in this country. And the only way we can do that is through a peace treaty. Not the one you see in Victoria, not the one you see in Queensland, not the one you see in the Northern Territory, because they talk treaty and still lock our people up. They still kill our people. They still desecrate our land and our water. A treaty means peace. A treaty means equality. And a treaty means justice. Thank you. Subscribe to 3CR in 2021. Feed Radical Radio. Subscribe today. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 94198377. Welcome back to 3CR and the Dogs Program. And Dale is going to take us up to New South Wales with Angelo Gabrielatis and the New South Wales Teachers Federation. Over to you, Dale. Thank you, Jean. Yes, Angelo's written an article about a day that was 10 years in the making. Tuesday, the 7th of December 2021 has been etched into the history of the New South Wales Teachers Federation. For the first time in more than a decade, the union directed members to stop work for 24 hours, a consequence of deep concern held by the profession and the growing anger towards an out-of-touch government that refuses to listen. Rather than negotiate a new salaries and conditions award with the profession, the government chose another option. They launched legal proceedings against us. The only action they're willing to take to address your workload and salaries is legal action aimed at intimidating and silencing the profession. The courage of your actions cannot be underestimated. Throughout term four, post lockdown, wherever I travel across the state, the issues were the same. Unsustainable workloads and uncompetitive salaries are leading to a large and growing shortage of teachers. Every day from Broken Hill to the northern beaches of Sydney, kids are missing out. We've spent the last, the past 12 months, uh, 18 months offering the government a way forward. The Gallup inquiry launched in 2020 was the first independent examination of teachers and principals work to take place in more than 15 years. The inquiry's report published in February 2021 found that teacher pay had fallen relative to that of similar professions. It also found that workload now is significantly higher than ever before. When secret government briefings warned, warned that the state was facing a large and growing shortage of teachers and New South Wales will run out of teachers in five years, the Premier and Education Minister refused to listen. They refused to listen when told that release time has not been increased for decades. They refuse to listen when presented with the evidence that fewer people are entering into initial teacher education degrees and they refuse to listen when told that the answer to a teacher supply crisis needs to be more comprehensive than glossy documents and fads borrowed from other jurisdictions. 
If they refuse to listen to the profession, then the question must be asked, do they deserve to be in office? We will not back down in the face of threats. We will continue work every day to ensure that the voices of teachers and principals in every school and every classroom across the state are heard because it's too important not to. Thank you, Dale. And, you know, the dogs would like to point out that it's the public school teachers who fight these battles and the private school teachers who are, are, are the best ones to collect the fruits of their labour. And that's what those fee rises in the really wealthy public schools are about, to attract the teachers and they pay them a bit more while the public schools are still going begging. But uh, we'll have a bit of a break and then we'll have Sol telling us about a Labor Party initiative which looks quite interesting. You know, there's people, like you said, have been on casual for seven years. Well, it's supposed to be casual employment. But people want full-time jobs. They don't want to be sitting there casual, not knowing they're going to get any any days, any leave or what's, whatsoever. Especially, you look at all the casuals in the, our industry at the moment, they're sitting home. You know, people want full-time employment and they, sh- they should be entitled to That's full-time right. employment. And look at all the people who were used and abused as casuals in the aged care sector and all the problems that are facing people now and all the deaths that are following in the meatworks, a lot of that's casuals, labour hire, you know, we've got blokes travelling around, you know. We want full-time positions and, you know, that's... And people want it. We want to be full-time employed. You want them to have your Christmas holidays. You want to have time with your family. But when you're a casual, you get none of that. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio 855 AM on digital and online. 3CR Radical Radio. Housing for the Aged Action Group has gone digital to help stop the spread of the coronavirus, but we're still here. If you're over 50 years old and having problems with your housing, we can help. If you're having trouble paying the rent, problems with your retirement village manager, or concerned about your caravan park, give us a call on 1300 765 178. We can also help connect you with aged care services and emergency relief if you need it. Stay safe, everyone. You're listening to 3CR and this is the Dogs Program. We are here to defend and promote public education. And, of course, TAFE is part of the public education sector, even though uh, our governments, in all their wisdom, have tried to privatise it. Uh, Very unsuccessfully, we might say. But um, the Labor Party are realising that there is a skill shortage. Well, we hear about the skill shortage. Everybody knows there's a skill shortage. What do you do about it? We have lots of children coming out of schools who can be trained. So the Labor has got a commitment for TAFE students. Over to you, Sol. Thanks, Jean. So there's been some life-changing opportunities for TAFE students with Federal Labor's new commitments. TAFE students and teachers are set to benefit from Federal Labor's new skills policy announced today. The Australian Education Union Federal President, Karina Haythorpe, welcomed the Australian Labor Party's promise of 465,000 free TAFE places, 50 million for new facilities and equipment, and a guarantee of 70% of total government funding for TAFE. These new commitments announced today by Anthony Albanese will create life-changing opportunities for future TAFE students, Ms Haythorpe says. If delivered, these commitments will rebuild and restore TAFE as the anchor institution of vocational development. They will ensure vocational students have access to more courses and more opportunity to high quality new facilities and a state-of-the-art equipment and, more import- and importantly, more teachers and greater individual attention. This announcement places TAFE at the centre of the federal election debate. Voters will have a clear choice when they head to the polls. The Morrison government's privatisation by stealth agenda has seen students lose opportunities through course cuts, campus closures and higher fees. Alternatively, 
Labor's commitment will ensure TAFE teachers have the resources they need to deliver high quality vocational education and that students have skills they need to get a secure job. The AEU has been calling for the restoration of funding and proper support for TAFE for a long time, culminating with our hashtag #RebuildWithTAFE campaign launched earlier this year. Our TAFE members will be very pleased that federal labor has listened to their concerns and recognized them as the experts in the field of vocational education and training. Well, this is very interesting, isn't it? Uh, somebody understands what has really happened with the private sector. Uh, there was uh, an announcement that I think it was the federal court um, was um, finding one of the uh, private sector TAFE colleges. They were finding them some hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, they had been responsible, I think it was in 2015, for uh, selling laptops and courses to disabled students and then uh, forcing them into a debt. Uh, without giving them any real tuition. Uh, there were some pretty bad scams have been uh, around the traps with the private tape sector. So let's hope that Labor, if and when it gets to power, will do something for the public sector. But um, we'll have a bit of a break and um, we'll come back for um, some more news. Do you need to renew your subscription? Make a donation. Or pass on some information to a programmer. We can't get to the phone all the time right now, but we're still here. You can call us on 03 9419 Each weekday between 1 and 5pm and talk to a staff member. That's 03 9419 3CR Community Radio, here to stay. Want to defend government schools? We are the DOGS, D-O-G-S, Defenders of Government Schools. Every week on the DOGS program we have a special segment to show a different state school is a great school. If you're a parent or if you're a kid or if you're involved in the school in any way whatsoever and you love your state school, give 3CR a call. We want to hear about these schools that we're defending. Brunswick Secondary State schools are great. Harkaway Primary School. Sunshine North Primary School. They're really concerned about the welfare of the kids and their growth as people as well as learning. Like you put on plays, you've got enrichment, you've got physical education, visual arts, languages, all that. In fact, is there a cooking? Actually an embracing of kids from disadvantaged backgrounds and with additional needs. More than half of your kids are from some of the poorest families in Australia. Yeah, definitely. That's the community and that's who we're servicing and that's that's who we welcome into the school. Outdoor play is linked to healthier and happier children. This, in turn, leads to better grades. In the weekly uh, assemblies and stuff, they have a little thing, uh, you've been caught being good, and they have a, a value of the week each week, and so it's not just words that is actually... So, so what do the teachers do when it's a building site? Yeah, they kick themselves out of their own staff room and turn it into a classroom. Just a really nice culture and an emphasis on social skill building as well as learning. Quite a range of intellectual ability and kids with mental health diagnoses, refugee kids, kids who have not been in the country very long, don't necessarily start off with a positive great deal. relationships with each other, with teachers, and with the community. And they run a, a breakfast club. There's a recognition that some kids don't get breakfast, and so there's, there's food on. If you are involved in a state school and it's a great school, we'd love to hear from you so we can talk about it and tell the world. Leave a message for the dogs at 3CR on 9419 State schools are great schools. Great state schools. Well, you're listening to the Dogs Program, the Australian Council for Defence of Government Schools, and uh, we're here to defend and promote public education. The next story is a little, a little sad. Although the students in Australia have not fallen too far behind in the so-called MAPLAN tests, whatever that means, the levels of disadvantage um, have really been thrown into effect uh, and uh, the the disadvantaged students have suffered greatly. So have a lot of students' uh, mental welfare. And the AEU has got out a very interesting article about this, which Jeff is going to share with us. Over to you, Jeff. Thanks, Jean. Yes, this is an article by Nick Barnard, which originally appeared in The Australian Educator, some summer 2021. It's called The Snowball Effect. 
uh, on the 13th of December. Nick Barnard says, the past two years have seen unprecedented challenges to the well-being of Australians, Australia's children. Droughts, bushfires and lockdowns have followed hard on each other's heels and the results have played out in the classroom or on the other side of the computer screen. The AEU, the Australian Education Union, is calling for more psychologists and qualified counsellors in schools to offer on-ground support to students and their teachers to tackle early signs of poor mental health and provide a pathway for those that need help. In short, to stop the snowball effect. The need was clear even before the national natural disasters and pandemic lockdowns put a new focus on mental health. The Australian Child and Adolescent Survey of Mental Health and Wellbeing in 2015 found that about one in seven children aged between four and 17 will experience, experience a mental health issue in any one year. Psychologists know that half of all mental health disorders begin before the age of 14. The toll includes two young lives lost each week to suicide. And we should mention that if this triggers anything with you, please contact um, uh, you know, um, Lifeline or anything like uh, one of the support, uh, Beyond Blue, that sort of thing. So if this, this is a personal thing for you, please um, do take care of yourself. The toll includes two young lives lost each week to suicide, 100 under 17s in 2018 and 96 in 2019. In 2019, 19 children aged 14 or younger took their own lives. Teachers are reporting that they're dealing with very serious mental health issues among students, particularly since COVID-19. AEU Federal President Karina uh, Haythorpe says, we have a cohort of students who are at risk of disengagement from their, from their education. We have students impacted by isolation caused by lockdown. There are considerable mental health concerns that I don't think have been addressed properly. The need for prevention programs. The Australian Psychological Society, APS, calls for one fully funded school psychologist for every 500 students. APS President Tamara Kavanagh says this would allow the provision of holistic integrated services that combine prevention, intervention and referral. They would also be a source of specialist knowledge and advice for the school's teaching and support staff. One psychologist for every 500 children would allow children to be seen earlier and have targeted programs in place. Some of these programs would deliver whole school mental health programs. We can run body image programs and anti-anxiety programs that, that target the whole school. There would be the chance to run prevention programs as well as having somewhere teachers can go when they're struggling to manage children's behaviour and access some of the principles that psychology has at its base. It allows for a child to be seen and allows us to intervene early one-to-one. -one. Does the child need a referral and potentially sit on a waiting list? Or could the psychologist intervene in the school and in a few sessions work with the entire surrounding environment of the child? This contrasts terribly, by the way, just as an aside, with you know, pro professional psychologists who are trained to deal with serious mental health issues as opposed to the chaplaincy program, um, which is promoted by the Conservatives. Yes. In particular, going back to the article, in particular, citing the service in the school allows counsellors and teaching and support staff to work within the student's social setting with their friends, peers and parents. The importance of this was underlined in June by the release of the latest report by UNICEF, Australia's Young Ambassador Program, on the well-being of young people, children in a changing world, it was called. School's key to mental health service delivery is what the next subtitle. It identified the separation of mental health services from school settings as a, as a significant barrier to access and called for a more holistic program that involved young people in its design and delivery to ensure it was as relevant, accessible, strength-based and destigmatizing as possible. Young Ambassador for Melbourne, Frank Hooper, says the clinical settings of mental health services and their detachment from the school community created a stigma around mental Ill, Ill health. It takes courage for young people to access due to stigma, especially in smaller communities, he says. Even then, there can be, a long, there can be long waiting times and students can find themselves seeing a different counsellor at each appointment. Easy to access mental health resources designed for children and young people would really help them navigate day-to-day -day challenges, says Hooper. UNICEF Australia has surveyed young people aged 13 to 17 about their ability to cope. The most recent survey conducted in December and January found that they were bouncing back from the early days of the pandemic, but 10% still rated their ability to cope as poor or very poor. And that was before the mid-winter lock mid lockdowns. 
More importantly, even before the pandemic, this figure had been 4%, which all across, which across all school-aged students would equate to some 160,000 children and young people. The mental health system was already under pressure before the bushfires and pandemic hit, KNET says. Uh, services have been operating beyond demand for some time. Haythorpe says the need is one more reason why government schools must be fully funded now to the Schooling Resource Standard, SRS, as the AEU's Every School, Every Child campaign urges. Under the coalition government's timetable, 99% of public schools will be below the SRS by 2023. This year's federal budget included $2.3 billion for mental health services and program, programs, although there was no mention of schools. The federal government's National Children's Mental Health and Wellbeing Strategy, launched in October, highlights the importance of education settings as the ideal environment to build resilience, support and empower parents and carers and identify the, and intervene in early, early and emerging, emerging mental health issues. It noted that they provide a relatively universal, non-stigmatising environment where children can be observed for long periods in multiple contexts. But while it supports wellbeing programs, training for educators and design designated wellbeing coordinators, it stops short of recommending psychologists in situ. Cavanagh warns that, warns that could lead to a, a lack of joined up services and worse, teachers recognising student ill health but having nowhere to refer them. Some states and territories have been stepping up. Victoria, which ran its own Royal Commission into Mental Health Services, is trialling the use of mental health and wellbeing coordinators in schools. Educators say it has helped break down the stigma around mental health and has given teachers new tools to help students. Mental health charity Beyond Blue is also providing important support materials and networking opportunities for educators through its new platform, BU. Haythorpe welcomes the initiative, but says it doesn't resolve the problem. We need a properly qualified school counsellor in every school in the country, Haythorpe says. And that, as I said, was Nick Barnard. What good. Absolutely. We used to have them. We used to have them. When I was teaching in the 60s, every school in New South Wales, every, certainly every secondary school, had a school counsellor and sometimes two. I don't think it was as, as good as that here in Victoria. But it can be done and it has been done and it should be done. That's right. We don't need to have um, uh, these, uh, this strange idea of Mr Howard's of, of, of school chaplains who aren't properly qualified. You need properly qualified. A, a, a school counsellor had to teach for six years and then do three years of training. Yep. Uh, they were very special people. And I'd just like to take this opportunity to remind people that if you do have any issues or is uh, triggered by anything that we've mentioned, uh, the number for Lifeline is 131114. That number is... 131114 and Beyond Blue is 1300 224636. That number again is 1300 224636. And I'll include these numbers in the podcast description. Thank you, Dale. And now I think we'll have a bit of a break and then. We've got uh, Jeff as our resident American expert to come back and tell us about what's going on there. Looking for an easy way to keep up with your annual 3CR subscription? You can now set up an annual debit from your bank account or credit card and once a year your payment will be automatically deducted. You can cancel at any time and you'll get a reminder each year before payment. Be a constant supporter of Melbourne's precious independent community radio station and set up a recurring payment today. Just go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe. Well, you're still listening to the Dogs Program, I hope, and here is Jeff. Give us a bit of news from America. Over to you, Jeff. Thanks, Jean. Uh, this article's from Dinah Ravitch's fantastic uh, blog on education, and it's entitled Florida, Can Schools Wipe Out Racism by Banning Books About It? Uh, the Orlando Sentinel 
editorial board published a statement denouncing the current zeal for censorship in school and school libraries. To learn about the history of book banning and censorship in American schools, read Diana's book uh, called The Language Police. The rising tide of book banning threatens freedom of thought, academic freedom, and common sense. Banning books and burning books are nothing new. What's new are the targets, books about race and racism. In Tennessee, zealots want to get rid of a picture book by Ruby Bridges, who became the first black student on an all-white New Orleans school when she was just six years old. Among the supposedly objectionable material in Ruby Bridges' Go to School, My True Story, which is the name of the book, are photos that show white people holding signs that say, we want segregations, spelt badly, and we don't want to integrate, as well as other, another showing a young boy with a sign that reads, we won't go to school with Negroes. And I say won't because it's uh, badly spelled as well. These unacceptable images are real historical photographs illustrating a true story about a young black girl breaking the barriers of racial segregation in the Deep South. And actually, I think, uh, famously, um, John Steinbeck was there. He, he wrote a book called Travels Around, about his travels in America, and he happened to be there when, that, when that, one of those incidents was occurring. People of good will go on to this, back to the article. People of goodwill could make reasonable arguments about what should and should not be on public school reading lists and library shelves. Some material is too sexually explicit or too violent for some ages. Surely we can at least agree on that. But the objections raised in Tennessee and other states, including Florida, are more about manipulating history than anything else. In Tennessee, the objections to Ruby Bridges' book made by the far-right group Mums for Liberty are objectively preposterous. The Mums for Liberty, which has roots in Florida, told the Tennessee Education Department that Ruby Bridges Goes to School, as well as a book about Martin Luther King Jr.'s 1963 March on Washington, ran afoul of new Tennessee laws that restrict the way racism can be taught in public schools to ensure no one's feelings get hurt. Florida's legislature, legislature is hot on Tennessee's heels. The Florida Department of Education handed down a muddled and confusing rule last summer that bans teaching critical race theory. And Brevard County, uh, Brevard County State Representative Randy Fine has followed up with proposed law, House Bill 57, that's a virtual carbon copy of Tennessee's. The Tennessee experience with a picture book for kids provides just a taste of what Florida schools are in for should Fine's bill pass. Because as abs absurd as it might seem, Florida's rapidly adopting, adopting the official view that racism is a relic of the past. Hmm. This is going to get worse before it gets better. It's very, um, it sounds enough, very much like how the Australian government is dealing with the true history of Australia. They yep. talk about having a black armband view when they, they'd rather have a red nose view uh, of, gen right. of genocide, and it's just abhorrent. Yeah, the Keith Winshuttle, uh, Henry Reynolds uh, uh, debate, um, which has been raged, which raged years ago, but which Howard latched onto, um, and uh, really unfortunate that people think that the way to deal with unpleasant history is to just deny it existed. Yeah, they call it the history wars, but um, yes, they do. The culture wars these days, yes, but in fact, it's a great distractor from a lot of other things that are going And it's a guarantee life. that if you, if you don't deal with pain, uh, you're doomed to continue it. You have to yep. lance the boil. And also it guarantees that pockets of privilege are entrenched. Yep. Yes, but um, we'll have a bit of a break and then we'll come back to our great state school and Sorrel is going to do the honours this week. You can see that this country is covered in the blood of Aboriginal people and the length and breadth of it. Australia is a part of an undeclared war and a secret invasion. And it began 250 years ago this year. Now we have a country that's built on lies, deceit, fraud, propaganda and race hatred indoctrination. Now it's been 250 years of us being oppressed in our own land, brutally, 
We might be oppressed, but we understand what freedom is. And we fight for it every day. And we resisted this occupation since day one. And I predict colonialism, capitalism, imperialism is going to get knocked out cold by about mid this year. 3CR, your station in struggle and solidarity. To donate, go to 3cr.org.au. qualifications, their pay, their pensions and their working conditions attacked relentlessly by this government. I'm a proud product of a government funded primary school education and of a government funded secondary school education. Australia is one of the richest and luckiest countries in the world and there's no reason whatsoever why we can't have the very best public schools in the world. It's simply not good enough that kids with disability miss out. You're listening to The Dogs, the defence of government schools on 3CR. Every week on The Dogs program we have a special segment to show a different state school is a great school. State schools are great schools. School of the week. State school. School of the week. Great state schools. State schools. School of the week. School for the week here on the Dogs Program. And this week's great state school of the week is Kangaroo Ground Primary School. So I would like to read a statement by the principal of Kangaroo Ground Primary School first. Welcome to Kangaroo Ground Primary School, a school where the student's individuality is recognised and valued. KG is characterised by our wonderful staff and students. You will find all our teachers to be caring, friendly and committed. We work together in a friendly and respectful and productive learning environment. We are proudly supported by committed parents and families. We offer a wide range of specialist and extracurricular programs, which cater for a broad range of students' interests and needs. Kangaroo Ground Primary offers a caring, inclusive and supportive learning environment for our students in a multi-age structure. We strive for and achieve excellence in teaching and learning and encourage our students to become active, lifelong learners. Our school is also characterised by our family feel, something we value highly and promote in every aspect of our school's operation. At Kangaroo Ground Primary School, we encourage parent participation and welcome parent assistance in our classrooms and school programs. Parent involvement is encouraged as it adds to the children's perception that their learning is a shared enterprise. I encourage you to explore our website and learn more about the broad range of educational experiences we offer at Kangaroo Ground Primary School. And if you guys want to check out the website, it's uh, www.kangaroogroundps.vic.edu.au. And um, now I have some facts and figures from Kara. The school has 240 pupils, 115 boys and 125 girls. The ICSIA value of the school is 1118, above the average of 1000. The students are hardly representative of the community. This is a well-heeled community. 51% have parents from the upper 25% in income, 30% in the second highest 15%, from the third quartile and 4% from the poorest 25% of the community. 7% of the pupils speak a language other than English and 1% are of Indigenous parentage. This is a school full of advantaged students with dedicated principals and teachers. It costs the taxpayer $11,289 below the Gonski resource standard to educate a student at this school. 
the school receives only 470,000 from the federal government and 1.7 million from state governments, 111,000 from fees and 36,534 from private fundraising. But the capital grants in the last three years have been only 379,000. All this and pub, all this public and private money is money well spent. The NAPLAN results of these students are more than just fine. So congratulations to the dedicated staff at this school, Kangaroo Ground Primary School. You are our great state school of the week. And this is the same school we were talking about at the beginning of the program who, after many aborted attempts, finally got to put on their school production. And courtesy of the AGE website, uh, we're going to play a little bit of audio from the students, the teachers and, and those who were involved in the production to uh, just hear just how excited and thrilled they were to finally get this production up and running. It's taken 10 times, but we got there, KGPS. We have completed The Lion King, and it feels great. So we finally got it on the 10th. You know what they say, 10 times lucky. Yeah, I'm absolutely so proud of all the students that have come out tonight, they've gone out on that stage and given their all. Super impressed with everybody. We're finished and we're really happy for no other reason, or the main reason anyway, was to give the children their moment in the sun. I'm Baby Simba. Attention all cast and crew at the performance. The auditorium is live. Face paint and the costumes, and I love the rash. I like everything about the Lion Kings. That we've actually got it, got to do it after all the setbacks, I guess. It means more as a community effort probably this time because it highlighted everyone's resilience and the preparedness of everyone to hang in there and keep going. And the quality of the performance and the effort that had gone into, you really saw the benefit tonight. On stage, I think the world just changed changes around you and you sort of feel like you're in your own little place, I guess. Um, it's pretty fun. Fun, but then also time's nerve-wracking. It's important to us. It's made a lot because we can hang out with friends and stuff. Yeah. The atmosphere was amazing to be making new friends, just sharing memories with each other. I couldn't have done it without Mrs. Crawford. Thank you for putting this on for all of us. We all love for you. Feels amazing. <laughs> and that was so great to hear those kids and like uh, was mentioned earlier you know these are the moments that uh, children's remember teachers and in that little piece of audio you could hear one of the kids saying thank you to Miss Carruthers who was so instrumental in putting this on and they say we love you and this is what is so important about the teaching profession. It changes young lives. And especially like they mentioned, that little window in primary school where children are malleable and open. And before that awkward puberty phase where they're, oh, everything's shameful and everything's scary. It's that phase where they're allowed to play and explore and find out who they are. And it's through teachers uh, like this and the school community like this to it's those people who actually create opportunities for these young people to thrive against all this adversity. So congratulations to Ms Carruthers, congratulations to the entire school community and those uh, and Ms Fay who did the costumes. Congratulations to the people who did the the sets, the, the costumes, the face painting. The children had a wonderful time in a time when things weren't so great. They finally managed to have some joy. So congratulations, Kangaroo, Kangaroo Ground Primary School. You're our great state school of the week. Back to you, Jean. Yes, well, our time is gone and I'd like to thank Dale and Sorrel and Maddie and Jeff and Oliver for all the hard work that we've put in our team in the last year and uh, we will be back uh, after Christmas to see, to continue the battle for public education. But it's bye for now. I dreamed I saw Joe Hill last night 
alive as you and me. Says I, but you're you're ten years dead. I never died, says he. I never died, says he. In Salt Lake City, Joe says I, him standing by my bed. They framed you on a murder charge, says Joe, but I'm dead, says Joe, but I'm dead. The copper bosses killed you, Joe, they shot you, Joe, says I, takes more than guns to kill a man. Says Joe, I didn't die. Says Joe, I didn't die. And standing there as big as life, and smiling with his eyes, says Joe, what they can never kill went on to organize. Went on to organize from San Diego up to Maine in every mine and mill where workers strike and organize. It's there you find your hill. It's there you find. Says he.